Hello, everybody, and welcome back again for another great episode of the Pirkei Avos podcast, where we live with the ethics of the Torah. If you have any questions, comments, or would like to reach out, please feel free to send me an email at rabbishlomokon, K-O-H-N, at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. This week, we're continuing with Perek Bey's Mishnah Vav. Chapter two, Mishnah number six. And this is another teaching of Hillel, right? We were discussing the teachings of Hillel on Shammai. We're right now, I believe, in the third teaching of Hillel. And the Mishnah begins. Who He would, he used to say, Hillel. Ein bor yire chet. A boar, not a boar, B-O-A-R, a boar. It's a term that's used in the Gemara and the Talmud. We'll discuss a little bit more what that is exactly. Cannot be fearful of sin. And an unlearned person cannot be scrupulously pious. Right? A person who is amha'aretz, who is somebody who is um, does not know anything, can be a pious person. And a person, a bashful person cannot learn. And an impatient person cannot teach. And anyone excessively occupied in business cannot become a scholar. And in a place where there are no leaders, you should strive to be a leader. So we have one, two, three, four, five, six teachings in this Mishnah. And it seems that in the beginning of the Mishnah, the Mishnah is sort of not even, it's not necessarily a, it's a, it's a saying of Hillel, but it seems like it's a sort of a matter of fact. The Hill is listing off. Um, if a person focuses in on one area, they might come lacking in another area. And the first idea, I want to just go through the Mishnah one by one. So the first statement of the Mishnah is, Ein bor A boar cannot be a fearful of sin. So what does it mean? What is a boar? And what is this talking about? He can't be, you know, afraid of sin. So the commentaries explain that a boar is, is a person of no substance without even the minimum intelligence to conduct basic business. Um, and in the context of our Mishnah, the boar is somebody who's lacking in Torah knowledge, good deeds, and character refinement, meaning a person. Normally, you know, somebody who, who wants to study Torah, they say uh, a person, derech eretz that having proper character refinement is the first step in acquiring the Torah. But there's a, there's a type of person that the Gemara is clarifying, that there's a type of person that the Mishnah is classifying that he doesn't have Torah, he doesn't, you know, have mitzvos, and he doesn't even have character refinement. So when a person lives his life like this, it's impossible for them to be on a path 
where they're going to to even have a fear of making a mistake or having a fear of doing an Avera of sinning because they don't, number one, know anything. They don't, they don't have the, the knowledge. They don't even do the mitzvos. And thirdly, they don't have the character, natural character traits to sort of lead them on the right path by, by themselves. So the mission starts off that it's impossible for a person like this to be a Yorei Shemaim, to be a, have fear of heaven. And just as a side note, the, the, the Gemara tells us, the Talmud relates to us, that everything is Bidei Shemaim, Hakobi Bidei Shemaim, Chutz Miyera Shemaim. Everything is in the hands of heaven, except for fear of heaven. And it's, that's explained to mean that really everything in life, this is a, more of a question you know, for a different class, but everything in life, life is sort of predetermined in a way. Meaning to say is how much money we make, that's not in our hands. You know, uh, how we look, it's not in our hands. How successful we, we will be, that's not in our hands. We could pray, that helps help situations. We could, you know, we could do our part, but it's not going to guarantee success. The one thing which is totally in our hands is our ability to choose to do good or to do evil. And that's what the mission, that's what the Talmud means when it says, Ein, uh, everything is in the hands of heaven, except for the fear of heaven. But when a person doesn't know the difference between wrong and right, doesn't know about mitzvot, doesn't even have the character refinement to, I guess, guide him along that natural, with that natural moral compass that most people have. So then it's impossible for them to be a yirei shamayim, to have fear of heaven. That's the first statement of the Mishnah from Hillel. And the way that it's actually the parable that's given to help us understand this, um, this type of person is that a, a and, and actually ties into actually the meaning of the word, right? If you look at the word boar, the term that's used for a field that's unplowed is a sada boar. An unplowed field. And just like an unplowed field, it's impossible to have anything to grow there. You throw seeds on it, nothing will happen, right? Because it, it wasn't plowed. So to this type of person, if he's in a, such a state, it's very, it, it's it's impossible for him to be considered a Yerushimayim, to get to that status of Yerushimayim, obviously, unless he changes himself around, unless he works on himself and starts applying, uh, putting effort into getting into the right direction. The second statement of the Mishnah is Am Ha'oretz, a ignoramus cannot be a pious person. Someone who's ignorant cannot be considered pious. He can't be, you know, he can't get to the level of being a chassid, which is a, a lofty level of, of doing the mitzvahs meticulously. The first idea which comes to my mind is this is there's a statement: ignorance is bliss. And what it reminds me of many times is that in the cartoons, if you ever watch Bugs Bunny, Elmer Fudd is always chasing, is always, Elmer Fudd is always chasing Bugs Bunny. And I remember one episode specifically when he's chasing Bugs Bunny and he chases him off a cliff. And Bugs Bunny's going and he sees he's not falling down. They're both not falling down. They're chasing him in thin air. So Bugs Bunny hands... Elmer Fudd, a book about the laws of gravity, it says laws of gravity. 
He hands it to him. Elmer Fudd reads the book. And all of a sudden, he starts falling down. Right? Because beforehand, he didn't know about the laws of gravity, so it didn't affect him. But once he knew that there's such a thing as gravity, and he can't fly in the air, so therefore, he's going to fall down, and Bugs Bunny was able to get away. But this is that statement, is that many times, people say to themselves, they don't want to know. They're like afraid to know. It's called ignorance is bliss. And many times... It's, you know, this is not just in, in religion. People say they don't want to know. It's, you know, it comes to other things as well. It comes to our, our health. Many times we don't want to go to the doctor because we just don't want to know. We don't want to take a hold of our finances because we don't want to know, right? These are all examples where ignorance is bliss. But really the truth is, is that it's really the opposite from that. Ignorance is not bliss. Knowledge is power. That's really should be our focus. And that's what Hillel is telling us here in this Mishnah. When it comes to our spiritual lives, and you know, it's not just our spiritual lives, it's our lives in general. We have to realize that knowledge is power. That if we know what to do, we'll, able, we'll be able to act appropriately. Sure, it might be scary. It might be daunting, the challenge uh, of, of learning so much, of uh, you know, there's so much to learn. How am I ever going to do it? How am I ever going to observe all the mitzvahs? How am I ever going to get do this? But if you can't even start doing it, if you never start to learn about what you need to do, the only way you could ever get to the finish line is by taking that first step. By taking that first step, that's that means you're on your way to finishing, on your way to to completing your goal. But if you never take that step, if you never take that action. To, to guess to empower yourself to know what's going on, you'll never get there. You'll never become pious. And the mission of Hillel is teaching us that when it comes to, you know, Torah knowledge, when it comes to mitzvos, we can't assume that just because you know we we don't know we're going to be good. It doesn't work like that. We have to. We, it's upon us to take the initiative to go learn, to go study, and to educate ourselves to know how to conduct ourselves. And it's not just enough to to with the, you know for those of us who are past being beginners to say what I learned as a kid it's good enough. We always have to be to strive to improve on our knowledge and to increase it. Because as I've said many times before, if we're not increasing, we're decreasing. If we're not getting closer, we're getting further. So it's our job. It's incumbent upon us to keep pushing, to keep learning, and to keep growing. Because you know, we all have an aspect of 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 this of this statement in the Mishnah within us, because we all, in a way, have certain things that we just don't want to know about. We just don't want to deal with. But we have to realize that we need to face these these issues and try to learn about them and educate ourselves. and And when we do that, we're going to feel better about the decisions we make and the the, the things that we do. Now, the the third teaching of Hillel is very interesting. It says, And a bashful person cannot learn. Right? So we said number one is that a person who's a boor, who is totally you know unlearned, does not do mitzvahs, does not have character refinement, is not, cannot have fear of heaven. Now we're up to the second level. And a person who is an Amaretz, who's an unlearned person, meaning they, they know about mitzvot, they know they have learned something in their life. But if you don't continue developing that knowledge, so then you can't get to that state of 
chasidus, of becoming a chasid, becoming pious. You know, maybe we'll be able to fake it a little bit. We'll be able to get through life. But who wants to just get through life? That their spirituality is just get through it. We want to strive to be the best we can be. And just having the basics is not going to be enough for us to get to the level of chasidus, to get to the level of piety, which we really truly want to get to. And number three is that a person who is bashful will not learn. Now, that means that a person should not be scared, should not be embarrassed to ask a question. And I'm going to add to that is that a person shouldn't feel embarrassed about, you know, if they're coming to learn, if they're coming to be part of things, they shouldn't feel embarrassed about their background. They should they should feel that I'm going to do this and it's good for me and I'm going to show up. I'm going to come. It's not just learning. Number one is not just asking a question when you're learning. It's coming to the synagogue and maybe when you're, you weren't so comfortable to show up to the synagogue, it's about pushing yourself to say, you know what? This is what I need to do for my neshama. Maybe I'm a little bit uncomfortable, but I'm going to push myself. I'm going to do it because the person who's bashful is never going to learn. If we're always going to be questioning ourselves, should I do it? Should I not do it? Should I learn? Should I go? Should I not go? We're going to be holding ourselves back tremendously. Now, it's very interesting about this trait, though, because there's three traits that are specific to the Jewish people. That the, the Talmud tells us that if a, if a Jewish person does not have these three traits, you can start questioning you know, their Jewishness. Number one is, the Talmud says, they're Baishanim, Rachmanim, and Goimle Chasadim. That the first trait we list is that we're bashful, we're Rachmanim, we're merciful people. And number three is, we are, um, we do chesed, we do kindness. Now over here, so it seems that it seems that this trait of bashfulness is a good trait. But now in our Mishnah, it seems that the Mishnah is trying to encourage us not to be bashful. That the Mishnah is saying, if you if you if you're going to be bashful, if you're going to be a Baishan, and you're going to have this trait, and you're going to hold back, and you're not going to ask, you're never going to learn. So it seems that it's there's a negative aspect to it. So which one is it? Do we want to have it? Should we have it? Or should we not? Should we get rid of this trait from us? I thought it was a positive thing for the Jewish people, right? Why does this Mishnah seem to be saying that it's not good? The commentaries ask this question and the answer that really this leads us to a fundamental point when it comes to Midos, when it comes to character development. That every trait that we have can be used for good and be, could be used for bad. I mean, all the traits, the good midos we have, the good character traits we have, and the bad ones. The good ones can be abused and used in the wrong way. And the bad ones can be harnessed and used for, the, for, the, for our betterment and for the betterment of those around us. I'll give you an example. You think of the trait of having mercy, Rachmanis. Right? What could be wrong with having too much mercy? And the answer to that is that we only, as human beings, we are limited. We're limited in what we could do physically. We're limited in what we could do. A lot of things. Everything we could do, we have limitations to ourselves. Now, with our emotions as well, we're limited also. 
we only have a certain amount of Rachmanis that's inside of our heart, a certain amount of mercy that's inside our heart. We only have a certain amount of love we can give over. We only have a certain amount of everything. You, we're, we're limited. We're not unlimited. Only Hashem is unlimited. So if we take that mercy and we misplace it, we use it in a situation where it's not supposed to be, it's using the trait of Rachmanis, of mercy in a bad way. Right? But if the, the if the kid is screaming going into the doctor's office because he doesn't want to get the shot and the parent listens, is that having mercy? No. That's being cruel. That's not being that's not being merciful because the child needs to have that, you know, vaccination or right? Let's make it more extreme even. Someone goes, you know, God forbid, has to have have some type of limb amb- amputated. Is a doctor doing an act of cruelty? No, they're doing an act of mercy. Doing act of mercy, even though it may seem cruel. So the point is, these are just one, you know, two examples of where where the traits could be a little bit, you know, a good trait could be used for bad, and a bad trait could be used for good. And then over here as well, you know, another example of bad trait being used for good. You think about stubbornness, person being very stubborn, obstinate, but you could take that trait within yourself and harness it towards goodness to put it into, you know, you being stubborn when it comes to trying to put people trying to push you to do the wrong thing. And um, over here as well, the Mishnah is giving us an insight into this idea that bashfulness, that normally bashfulness is a good trait. But there are times, like I mentioned before, that bashfulness can be abused. And when you're not supposed to have bashfulness is when you're trying to learn, when you're trying to get clarity. When you know, your Yetzir Tov, your good inclination is pushing you to be part, to go to synagogue, to, to be part of things. Even if, you know, there's a part of you that doesn't feel so comfortable, right? That's where bashfulness is not good. It's, you know, you, you, the Mishnah is saying that if you want to grow, if you want to, you know, if you want to get closer to Hashem, you can't be bashful. You got to, you got to just ask that question. Even if you might, someone might think you're dumb or, you know, uh, you you, or you might feel uncomfortable. Push yourself and go for it. Because bashful, not every trait is is totally good, meaning there's a flip side to every type of midah. There's a good parts to it, and there's also bad. And we have to know when to apply the good and when to stay away from the bad part of it. The next teaching of the Mishnah is v'le'akapton lamed. V'le'akapton melamed. A person who is a impatient person should not be a teacher. Now, this this teaching it seems pretty obvious to us that if somebody is impatient and he doesn't have a good, he can't wait around for things, he shouldn't teach people because if someone's going to ask him to repeat something, they're going to get angry, and then people are just not going to ask anymore because they're not going to want to risk the risk the risk the 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 rage of the teacher and therefore they they'll come out that this teacher is just not going to get be giving over clear ideas and it's going to get worse and worse and worse now what about us what about you if there's some of you out there that are not teachers if you're not a teacher how is this part of the mission of talking to you and the answer to that is that we are all teachers to an extent you know we're parents we're spouses we're we're children, we're friends. And people, you know, we shouldn't lose patience with people. 
if people ask us to repeat things, do you ever see yourself snapping at somebody if they ask you too many times to do something? You know, sometimes people are nervous people and they could be, uh, you know, they have to, you have to repeat things to them. And we shouldn't lose our patience with people whenever we're dealing with others to, to be snappy at them, to not make them, fe- to make them feel uncomfortable because that's the worst thing ultimately. You want people to be able to approach you and to ask you clarity. You don't want people to be afraid to speak to you because they're afraid of the reaction they're going to get. I myself, I know there's certain people I just won't ask things to because I know the reaction I'll get. And that's it's a pity. But myself, I try that people should feel comfortable to speak to me about things and, and um, that they shouldn't feel like I'm going to give them a negative reaction because you always want people to feel comfortable. And just the idea of, you know, when we deal with others, to take that in consider- into consideration, to not lose ourselves and to repeat it again. And, you know, obviously sometimes it may become too much of us. If it's too much of that time, you don't have to speak to a person right then. You could push it off for a different time. You know, there's certain people I know that sometimes it's a little challenging for me to speak to them. So if I am not up to having the phone call, I just won't pick up the phone. You know, I'll, I'll wait till I'm, you know, in the zone and I can call them back and I won't risk getting upset because they're asking me the same thing, you know, five times, right? So I'm trying to be smart about it. Another point we could see from this Mishnah is that we have to be practical and when we're choosing to do, you know, career choice, career counseling, we should pick something and we should do things that are according to how we are. We shouldn't try to force ourselves into a position which is not meant for us, which is not to our, you know, which is not meant for our skill set. And that's one another idea which the which Hillel is teaching us. The next saying of Hillel is that not everybody who is going to to be very involved in business is going to become wise. And it's interesting. The Mishnah notes that doesn't say that people who are involved in business will not become smart. It says, it says not everyone who's involved in business is going to be able to become wise. And what the mission is teaching us here is that most people, if we're if we get very involved in one thing, we get pulled away from another thing. If we're very involved in our business, we're going to get pulled away from our learning, from our avodas Hashem, for our service and service to God. And the mission is giving us a little bit of an insight, not a, a maybe a warning, but an insight, an idea that. We have to be careful where we're pulled because the more we're pulled into one direction, the less we're going to be pulled, you know, away from other things. And doesn't mean that sometimes we have to focus on certain things in our lives. But obviously, number one is we have to have that set time for learning and we always keep to our mitzvah observances. But we have to know that if we're going to invest our time and efforts into certain, you know, certain things, certain hobbies, certain, uh, you know, practices, certain meetings. I don't know, you you could plug the name. Each one of you could plug in things in there yourself that if that we do, that we we you know that we're thinking about doing. If we do these things, it's gonna pull us away from it's going to pull us away from our our um our our observances. It could or and from our closeness to our sham. It's something we have to keep in mind that focus. We have to keep our focus that number one is we want to the first idea is our spiritual eye. That's number one. Torah mitzvos and where we're going spiritually, and then number two is the things, the other things in our life that add to that. That you know are sort of like the side, the side, the side dishes, um, and that's how it should be our outlook and our and our and how we go forward. The last idea of the Mishnah, 
which I wanted to talk about is that in a place where there are no leaders, strive to be a leader. This is a very beautiful thought um, that Hill is teaching us that you know many times we, and maybe it's not just for some people, probably all people at certain points in their lives, you know, you're you're thrust into a position that you never thought you'd be you'd be in. And you have to, and sort of that either could make you or break you. And for many people, it it's you know, it's a good thing. It, it makes them into somebody that they never thought they would be. You know, a lot of us, we you know, we're not able to to be always doing chesed every second, to do everything all the time. But I believe a teaching of this mission that's very important is that we have to focus that when things come to us, when we have an opportunity that comes our way and we think we can handle it, we should try to take it by the horns and go for it. We should try to recognize that in a place where there is a, a vacuum, right? A, there's a leadership vacuum. Shane Shane Ish, right? There's not, there's no, there's no nobody to stand up. That in a place where there's no nobody around to, to take that the, the the horns, take the bull by the horns, we should try to be the ones to do that, to take the initiative to do it and not stand back and assume that someone else is going to take care of it. You know, there's a famous story that they say, very tragic story. And I think they call this certain syndrome. There was a, a girl, right, who was being attacked in Central Park and people just walked by because everybody thought that somebody else was going to be the one to call 911, right? And this is just a, and, and there's a certain, you know, studies have been done about these type of herd mentality. People don't even think, they think the other person's dealing with it. You know, the, the famous, the famous uh, story, they say there was a, there was a town that had 10 people, 10 men exactly. And every day they had a minion, no questions asked. Every single day they had a minion three times a day because everyone knew, right? They had 10, 10 men, every, they were, everyone was part of the minion. At what point, an 11th man moved into town. The next morning, nobody showed up to Minion. Because the idea was, is that while there was 10 men, everybody knew exactly they were needed and they showed up. But when, once the 11th man moved into town, everyone thought, oh, I could sleep late now. Point is, we have to re you know, remember that we're like the 10 men. We all are needed. We all have our, our mission to do, to do, to accomplish. And Specifically, when it comes to situations where things are come to us when there's a vacuum, you know, we should do our best to try to fill that vacuum. And in turn, when we do that, when we try to step up and, and try to accomplish something to, 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 you know, to take charge of something, Hashem, God gives us, he, he sort of makes us into a new person that we never were before. You know, he, he brings, you know, these opportunities, these, these encounters that we have, um, have the potential to bring out certain superpowers that have been you know, dormant inside of us all our lives and to make us into the best we can be. So with that, I'm going to finish for today's podcast. I hope you all enjoyed. If you have any questions, comments, or would like to reach out, please feel free to send me an email at rabbishlomokon, K-O-H-N, at gmail.com. Everyone have a great day.